allow yourself to be seen by somebody else, truly seen, and sit, be vulnerable enough to let that happen. And then that person still stays and oh. is still constant in your life. Huge. That's very, very powerful. Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra Belzebor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity and allow them to share their authentic and real life stories, opinions and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, guys. Uh, this I've had such a vulnerability hangover after doing this recording. I'm really excited about it too, but it definitely shows a different side of me, one that isn't all kick-ass, I know stuff, but is a little bit softer, a little bit figuring stuff out. And what I decided to do is discuss the, the adversity, I guess, that's within relationships. Some of you listening to my shows know a bit about my, my dating post-divorce and trying to learn about myself. Uh, and I've been in a six-month relationship and this is what we're doing. I'm reviewing. So I basically brought my boyfriend onto the show, bless his heart. Um, and we've done a review of our relationship six months in. So it's a raw, open conversation about what the tough stuff has been, what the good stuff has been, and, and, and our hopes for the future. Uh, because we've both been in toxic relationships in the past and are so kind of uh, trying to do the, you know, go into this with our eyes, eyes wide open and figure out how to do a healthy relationship. And that sometimes means being brutally honest and straight about what's important, our non-negotiables, uh, and, and really kind of crafting the relationship and the life that we want in the future. So welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, vulnerability hangover alert. Um, but I think it's really useful. I mean, I was also going, oh my God, this is great content. Uh, because it's, it's true, people. It's true, true, true. So enjoy the show and hopefully give us some feedback on, on what you learned or didn't learn. Or, or do you think we have a healthy relationship? I'd love your feedback. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Today's gonna to be a little bit different and it's actually a little bit nerve wracking for me because I haven't quite put myself out there in this way. Now you may say, you have put yourself out there in many ways. We know the intricate details of so many aspects of your life and that is true, but it's usually stuff that's a little bit in hindsight and maybe work related current stuff. But if you've been listening to recent podcasts, I have mentioned that I have been dating somebody who's wonderful and a beautiful human who I have roped into being on the podcast with me. Oh my fucking God. So next to me, we're driving actually, because that's where all awkward and interesting conversations happen, walking or driving. I'm sat next to uh, the man himself, David Taylor. Uh, yes, he has a name. He is not just the wonderful boyfriend <laughs> that has um, slotted into my life. But we have both been attempting to, I guess, create a healthier relationship than either of us have ever been in. So I certainly have had some toxic relationships, was in a long-term relationship with my children's father for about 13 years, and we're coming up to the six-month mark of our relationship, right? David, say hello to our listeners. Hey, hey, so 
You finally got me on here. I huh? did, yeah. <laughs> See, doesn't he just sound sexy? Anyway, we thought we wanted to, not as any kind of experts, because we wouldn't say that we're relationship experts. We both have very different, varied backgrounds. Um, David is definitely, you're, I love that you're reading loads of books, you're training to be a counselor, you're doing so many things. And we just want to have an open, reflective conversation about what we've been learning over the last six months. It's sort of how our, our first date, we were pretty clear on what we wanted and didn't want. And we've been, I guess, just trying to be really honest and test out what works and doesn't work. And we thought it would be great for us as a relationship to just reflect on it a little bit. And why not record it and just see what the hell comes out of it? So, David, welcome to the show. Thank you, having me. It's so exciting to have you in all aspects of my life, I must say. Give our listeners a little bit of context to like what relationships have been like for you in the past. Uh, so, I have done geographicals of in relationships in the past. I have always, as you know, kind of looked and sought in sought somebody to partner with to make my life better in a way or seek happiness within somebody else or within a relationship within with somebody else which is pretty destructive and never the good great or best place to start any kind of relationship so i had a 12-year relationship where it wasn't the best relationship i've ever been in uh, where I had my children, where I went through a similar thing to you did. So weird, isn't it? Yeah. We felt, both felt quite trapped within that relationship because when children are involved, it's ultimately the hardest thing in the world to do to, to come away from that, even when you know the relationship is is not healthy for them or you or, or, or anybody. And then quickly left, well, not quickly left, but finally got out of that relationship after about 12 years, then got married done more geographicals. You got married quickly as well, didn't you, off the back of that last relationship? Yeah, I got married too quickly. I got married too quickly. But what's great about what we have is that I finally grew up, I guess, and, um, you know, done a lot of self... Once I got divorced, I've done a lot of self-development and I had to look at myself and say, okay, let's stop bringing somebody else in. Let's stop trying to bring somebody else in to fix my problems. Let's look at what's going on and these patterns that are emerging within my past relationships and what the, what the patterns are and ultimately, you know, the one constant is me, right? So I had to really look at myself and spend some time just do, doing me and figuring out what made me happy and what was, what was good for me and gain more self-worth around myself. And then once I was happy within myself and I didn't need anybody, to fill in any gaps for me. I didn't need to be in a relationship for any particular reason. When we met, I chose to be in it, and that was very different and, and a lot more healthy. Yeah, and I loved, uh, well, I loved our first date, which was hilarious in some ways, because I gave you an hour, didn't I? I was you like... <laughs> yeah, you did. You gave me a one-hour slot, and I, and I was like... Because we was uh, just texting at that point, right? Yeah. And I had this one hour slot and I was like, you think we're going to, you know, okay, well, that's a challenge. And five and a half hours later. It was five and a half hours later. He made me miss my train in the best way. And, and 
you like locked it in at the very end. Like, what did you? Yeah. You see, see something that you that you like, right? You got to grab it with both hands. No, it was a great date. Absolute one of my best. Well, actually, probably the best date I've ever had. <laughs> um, um, women, if you're listening and you've dated this man before, you can still claim it was the best date. That's fine, <laughs> um, because we've all had good dates with people. But I think, first of all, it was timing. Like, we were both in a place where you actually said it. You said. I don't need you, but I want you, and exactly. and I th- I, re- I really respected that because I was I'm so anti that codependent like we need each other for either economic re- reasons, fear reasons of like we'll be lonely if we're not with someone and therefore you'll do kind of thing, yeah. and I really wanted to come into this from a from a conscious, really open, radically honest place. Which I mean, we were saying what we didn't want, what we did want on that very first date, weren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and 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 and, and I think I, I might have said on the d- first date as well. Look, look, I'm not I'm not 20 anymore. Let's just cut the bullshit. You know, yeah, let's. Yeah. I haven't got time, and and you obviously you not having time if you're slightly in <laughs> for the hour, right? Um, you know, dating kind of gets a bit serious around middle age, I think, and you know. It, we, to be honest and open from the start and and let the other person know exactly what you want and what you're into and you know i think we locked out the kids scenario pretty quick right because that's an obvious one we said that we neither of us want well i'd have been on enough first dates where men had said to me that they were ready to have kids and settle down the two scariest things that you could say to me (laughs) on a first date Um, did you just climb out the bathroom (laughs) window and just like right we are not well, I would just be straight happening. and be like, oh, yeah. I guess we're not a right match, right? And it would be hilarious watching them try and backtrack because they realized they'd lost out on the whatever on it might potential. have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was like, I've, I have two, you have two and you have two stepchildren. Yeah. And I was like, I this is what I want my life to look like because I've realized that it can't, at our age, it can't just be about the physical chemistry which no. there was plenty of, I must add. But it can't, like that can't be enough in order to align like the type of life we've both been in that place you got married and you and you were in love and you you know there was a there was good chemistry and all the rest of it but your lifestyles actually just didn't align yeah and, and the physical chemistry is never enough and if anything for me that's less important if you can meet on a mental level and you can both have good emotional intelligence and and, and you and you connect in that way that's a much harder thing to find in my opinion from my experience than just being attracted or desiring somebody else in a sexual way if you if you have that other connection and that that's the hardest thing to find and we we pretty much had that or, or glimpses of that on our first day which was super exciting right it was exciting and i mean we had talked about the kids and the lifestyle stuff and some of our past relationships which kind of aligned and and also some of our mental health challenges and some of the trauma that we've faced in the past and yes. not not so much like a, a too much information situation but i guess i wanted to know will you get where I'm coming from are you able to to kind of hold it and can I feel safe in this relationship while I attempt like continue to grow as a person and I guess I wanted to you to know that pretty early on but then I got when we were at our second location right when we had a drink in the second place and you guys he is the 6'4 masculine Dude, I mean, I could go further, but he's like a dude. <laughs> um, and then, and then, uh, in that second place, you were like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm studying counseling," and and you very much said, "It's it's not just to like because that's what I want my profession to be. It's because I want to learn 
about myself and I was like, holy hell, all right, you get another hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, glad I mentioned that then, right? Yeah, yeah, well done. God. Yeah. Well done. Um, you also, I think, said that you'd done some anger management. I have, yes, I've done some anger management. As you, as you already know, a lot of anger in my family always has been. I took a lot of that anger into my marriage, which I hold my hands up to and, and have to take complete ownership of. It was a destructive, from, from, just from my end, was very destructive. So yeah, when I come out of that, I needed, I needed to look at my anger um, and I had some therapy around that because but, but you've got to be self-critical, right? You have, in order yeah. to grow and in order to become a better person, and obviously my relationship hadn't been working out up to that point, and it's easy, very easy to point a finger and say, well, it's because she was this, or she was that, or that one was like yeah. that. But ultimately, you know, you, to give yourself the best chance of having a healthy relationship, you have to be the best you, and not only be the best you, but also be willing to change and better yourself within any relationship, so. So what got you to do that? Because I, your, your family is not, you, you don't come from a line of people that are super self-aware or are thinking in, in this kind of way, right? And as you said, you, like, you've got brothers and a dad and like a lineage of like men are men and, and that anger is like a, like you grew up with fights growing on around you and that was your culture, right? And so your, your anger was coming out in your relationship, but what, what made you like know, all right, I'm gonna see some therapy or I'm gonna do anger management because that wasn't really even in your vocabulary back then. Or was it? It kind of, it kind of was after after I broke up with the mother of my children. Yeah. I, you know, and up to, leading up to that point, I, I had struggled with mental health. I do have a, a past of, of mental health struggles yeah. and depression. So it kind of started when I when I left the mother of my children. I then went and had some therapy, not anger management, but I went and had some some counselling in regard to. You know my depression and 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 trying to trying to overcome the separation from my children and and that then led on to a couple of other counsellors that I'd spoke to about working on myself. So I was already in that in that space, and then it became like a a natural go-to when I actually looked at myself and I had a mirror held up to me at one point within my marriage that 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 showed me that I was I had an issue with anger. Which was you quite had to powerful. Wake up, didn't you? I had to wake up to it. So didn't you? Is it okay to say your wife recorded you at one point? To, I, and you heard your like you literally heard yourself back. Yeah. No. What actually happened was I recorded her. Oh. Yeah. You did. So yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Cause, I. Because <laughs> it was her fault. Oh yeah. It was all her fault. Of it was course. all her fault. And. See, I'd come from a mentally abusive relationship for 12 years. I was the person that it was all me. I was the problem. You were the victim, I was the victim. Yeah. I was the point fingers were pointed at me. I was I was made to feel shit. I was a bad time in my life. I'd come out of that, went into a marriage, and somehow the the, the, the tables turned without me even realising it or consciously realising it. I'd become the angry one. I'd become the one that was putting the other person down. You, so you were essentially the perpetrator in this new relationship after having been in a way, I mean it's never I don't think fully black and white, but um, after having been the victim essentially for that many years. Yes, yes. Um, I mean there was obviously, I, she had her stuff, I had my stuff, but um, basically what happened at one point was I was so convinced that, you know, it was her that was causing these problems. It was her with the anger issues. It was her that, you, you, you know, that, that it was the, 
So you secretly recorded her during an argument? Yeah, well the argument started, it hadn't escalated by that point, but I knew it was going to escalate because at that point all our arguments would escalate, so I, I just sneaked off to the room like a dick, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And hit the record button, and bear in mind, I now know that I'm recording myself, yeah. right? So, so I'm now going back into this situation, back into this room to, to, to then talk so a bit further aware. on this argument, knowing that it's going to escalate, Jesus. aware that it's being recorded, yeah. and because of that, being quite conservative and yeah. calm in my calm. manner around how we're going to address the, the situation. So then I can show this to her at a later date and go, there you go, I was calm, I was collective, I was rational, you're crazy, you need help, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and so you hear it back. I heard it back, and, it, was this, and did you hear it back by yourself? Before? Yes, okay. yes, of course. Yeah, I had to like you know censor that stuff. So I went, you know, the argument escalated, etc., etc. I went away and I listened to it back, and by God, I was so shocked and ashamed, and couldn't believe I was hearing myself talking to a woman in that way, and I was disgusted. I was absolutely disgusted with myself. And that was the moment where we was just reflecting on where that mirror was held up to me and I had to look at that. And it was a powerful moment for me where I, I then actually said, right, this is, this is not the guy I want to be. This is not the guy that I am. What, you know, I am, I have now become what, what the, that other person in that 12 year relationship, I'd become. What you despised. What I despised, exactly. Um, so I and very, you, very quickly then went and went. Did and you admit that. any of that to your wife? Yes, I did. Yes, she knew I was having therapy. I said to her, I didn't. I didn't say about the recording. I don't think she ever. She ever knew about that. But I did say. I did own up to it, and I did go and get. For the last three months of our relationship, I was undergoing anger management. Yeah. Um, which did make a big difference, and and, and, and there was a, a big shift. But it was too late. There was other issues that that, that wouldn't that couldn't be dealt with by therapy. Basically, we'll just leave it at that. And so when you when we met, what did you think you were looking for? What did you think would make a relationship different from the ones that you'd had in the past? Or how did you want to be in a new relationship? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we spoke about, you know, I, I, it was all new territory for me because. I, I was then. I was then very comfortable. I was. I was. I was self-dependent. I was. I had a nice little place on my own. I was happy. I'd already filled a lot of my time with some further education, and I was doing some Reiki courses, and I was studying counselling, and I was reading a lot of books, and I was. I was happy within myself. Yeah. So for the first time, really, not that you was the first person I dated in that. In that yeah. when I was in that space, but for the first time, I was then going out dating, looking for somebody that I didn't need in any way. I didn't. So you're not need looking anybody. for someone to come complete you in quotation marks exactly. in that traditional sense you're like I'm good yeah I have a fulfilling life yeah. and let, let me just be curious about what could complement it or what could complement it and, and somebody to come in and share this with me essentially you know because I know a lot of people do when they go into relationships it, you know it does it does get to the point of okay yeah well we've, we're both working so if we pull our money together we can afford a, a better place and we can get a holiday or we might want we might want both want kids so you know i'm gonna we're gonna help each other out in that respect so financially or with children or however it's kind of um, worst reason ever yeah yeah <laughs> really and, uh, it is the worst reason ever um, it is. It it's is. unfortunate but a lot of that people do look yeah. at relationships like that like i have a need and you can feel that that need so I think that that's when I realised that 
dating is different I, when I didn't actually need somebody in my life. It was much more exciting and much more refreshing to go out and just see what I wanted and then experiment with what I wanted. Yeah, I think we were both in that um, kind of let's experiment with what a healthy relationship with like our full ch conscious choice could look like. But let's be real, we've discussed my commitment phobia, you know. Oh, God. Yes, yeah. we have. Based on <laughs> We didn't you. need to discuss it. <laughs> it was so It was very much there. <laughs> there I think one of our second dates, we was walking in Regent's Park. Maybe yeah. we went for a walk in Regent's Park. Yeah. And um, I, I, I called Petra my boomerang for quite some time, still do. Yeah. Because, we, we, so here's a picture. We're walking along in the park. It's a lovely sunny day. <laughs> I go to, to grab her hand and she, she's holding my hand, right? Great. Brilliant. So we're walking along, and then something would happen. Um, We'd talk and, about something. And she'd let go of my hand, take three or four side steps to, to, <laughs> to the right, and then we'd suddenly be walking down this path parallel to each end of the path, yeah. kind of, you know, raising our voices slightly to talk <laughs> over, over some distance at each other. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. But I was self-aware enough, and you know, I, I kind of thought, well, this isn't this isn't my stuff. This is this is Petra stuff so I was I was I was more intrigued and I thought okay well let's just see how this works and this has happened so many times in our relationship yeah. and it still does happen from time to time but what I love about it so much and what I've told you in the past about it is it, it shows me in a, in a strange kind of way how much I mean to you because because the boomerang always comes back guys you know it always she always comes back and, and and there's a transition between her leaving and coming back but she has to fight for us and she has to you know I don't know what's going in your head yeah, yeah. a lot of the time but essentially you are you know there's and a little battle yeah. going on and, what, and then I you guess come back what was new for me so first of all like if we go into a bit of the psychology i'd say i you know show signs of disorganized attachment and have been you know in a cult and felt trapped in a relationship and so there's like this intrinsic fear of being trapped or so commitment or things like that kind of triggers up that fear but i'd been with people who I could maybe talk intellectually about some of these things too, but you were came at it from a completely different perspective where you, you understand a lot of these things and you're learning a lot about these things, but that wasn't the point. You could sense, you can sense, you have this amazing ability to read energy and body language. Yeah. So I wouldn't even fully realize I was doing it. Yeah. But you would, and, and you wouldn't make it a judgment of like, why are you walking on the other side of the road, you know? You would go, oh, look, like you would just notice in such a kind of non-judgmental, curious kind of way, like, oh, what just happened, yeah. right? And, and once you'd come back, I would then offer that up to for discussion should you feel comfortable enough to talk about it and that's how we learn about each other and and, uh, and that is a massive thing and like saying what i was looking for in a relationship i didn't even realize i was looking for this but yeah. something you brought up very quickly on was would it be possible to have a completely honest and open relationship with a partner you know and a lot of people believe they're honest and a lot of people believe yeah we know there's trust and there's this and that but when you actually really think about that and you actually look at that in depth to be completely honest on all levels within a relationship two people have got to be extremely secure for that to take place and let's let's be real about what that level of honesty looks like yeah okay right? yeah, let's go there <laughs> so i mean just to give an example um because i had uh, dated quite a bit and was probably using dating in a bit of an escapist way as a as a as a defense against intimacy in a way in many ways because i'd been in this 13-year relationship and then was trying to figure a lot of stuff out 
and it wasn't it was only okay let's let's be clear about it. you locked in an exclusive relationship on yes, date one you were I like did, can yes. you just date me for a while and was, I think your answer was if someone had asked me this talking about timing if someone had asked yeah. you that like, three months later you'd have been like fuck off yes. like, you know not be like no, I don't owe no you way. anything yeah yeah but <laughs> you, you was in you know? Well, because I started getting frustrated with the cycle that used to be fun. It used to be fun yes. and felt really empowering to date people and to leave them and to be like, you know, I was in charge of my destiny after so many years of not being in charge of it. Mm. But it stopped being fun or f and fulfilling. Mm. And so I would do the same thing and then I'd be left with this sort of emptiness or I was ready for something else. And so at the time that you'd we'd had that first date bearing in mind I think for both of us there was like the three to six months leading up to that date for me I had written down a manifestation list I had broken up with my friend with benefits who just you know was something but wasn't the thing and I had to let go of that like there were so many things that had happened right in the lead up to that one date so at the time at the very end of the date when you were like how about you just date me for a while looking all sexy like you do and making me miss my train <laughs> I was a bit like in my mind, I was thinking, well, if you want a different result, Absolutely. you need to do something different. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, all right, let's do that. But at the same time, I had habits about when I was, um, you know, frustrated or overworked or overwhelmed, I could, it's like dating, online dating is so simple. Mm -hmm. You can just drop a text, swipe someone, whatever, and just get a quick dopamine hit. Yeah. Right? And so back to the level of honesty, there was a couple weeks in, I was like, I'd had a tough day and all this stuff. And I literally said to you on the phone, I said, and I felt like texting an old friend with benefits because I was just like, fuck it. I can't just do this healthy waiting around thing. Now, in many of our relationships in the can past... I, I, I didn't quite read, can I just... Can I, just <laughs> no, no, I didn't quite read the message like that. I, I read the message as in, can I just go around and see him? Yeah. Because would that be okay? Because yeah. I feel like I just too stressed, and you was quite overwhelmed, as you were saying. And you was basically asking whether whether testing our relationship boundaries, you know, and whether or not that would be okay with me, and whether I could handle that. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. there you go, right? That's open yeah. and honesty, right? Now, yeah. who 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 in in another in in another relationship or any of my relationships, I don't think anybody would have been able to do that, I think they would have either just acted out yeah. and, and hid it from you, yeah. or they would have just dealt with it on, on their own and maybe managed it um, yeah. without actually putting it in front of the yeah, And I wouldn't have said that because I would have been afraid that the person I was with would be like, well, fuck this then, you're obviously not into me, and yeah. make it like a, a black and white thing. And what I was trying to communicate was the difficulty for me of transitioning into that level of trust where I didn't have the the power in quotation marks to just like act out whenever the fuck I wanted to and like I had to navigate the the trade-off yes of being able to do that yeah and I think my go-to reaction when I heard that was you know at that point I'd already cared I already had a lot of um, a lot of like I cared about you deeply at that point already and I, I sat with that for a little while and I was like, you know what, you know, it's just sex, right? It is just sex. And we hadn't been together for that long, I don't think, maybe a couple of months or so. And I, I said, you know, to myself, can I handle it? And I think I then texted you back saying, if it's going to make you feel better, I don't want you to be in pain, I don't want you to be suffering. If it's really going to make you feel better, then, you know, I'd rather you not be in 
uh, in that place. So yeah, go right ahead. That's where I come. That's where I come but, from, right? But, and then, so I was thinking, ooh, this may be too good to be true. Yeah. Can I have my someone beautiful and my something on the side um, and be totally honest about it and sort of push the boundaries in a way? And you graciously just really reflected on my, you know, some people see sex and intimacy differently, right? And my question was, you know, the, the fact that you were able to just get curious about what it meant to me meant a lot, right? Can I have my yeah. cake and eat it? Because ladies, it's a beautiful fantasy place, isn't it? Um, however, you, after a couple of hours, got back in touch, didn't you? Yes. And you had reflected on it and were in a lot of pain about it, right? And actually then went, no, you, what you reflected on your past behavior in relationships, where you sometimes let the woman uh, is walk all over you a fair thing to say, or...? or... Uh, I would say I prioritize, in, in the past, I prioritized their feelings over my own and made yeah. that ultimate sacrifice. As long as you're happy, you know, I can take all the shit, I can take all the pain, I can... Because what I'm used to doing, right? I can take all the, all the crap in order for you to be happy. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of reflecting about during that sort of one or two hours. And yeah. all of a sudden I was like, no, I, this is not how I want to start this new relationship. Yeah. This, I want this to be different. So yeah. I did voice my opinion. I did come back to you and say, actually, you know, I don't think this is going to work out if if you need to do that within, within this relationship. Yeah. But ultimately, it was about that level of radical honesty to be able to say the stuff that we sometimes hide from each other because we don't want to hurt the person or we think they'll judge us or we think they'll leave us or yes. all that stuff but we were like we had this commitment to both to growth but also to creating a relationship that was different than the ones where we were hidden and isolated and visible and our feelings didn't matter and all the rest of it right yeah which to me is has been working out extremely well right this whole complete open honesty thing because you always know where you stand. You always know if there's, if there's a problem, it's going to be voiced. Or if you've got a problem and you're feeling about something like if I am, I know that I can tell you about it, even though in my own logical head, like my... my so something come up the other day, I can't remember what it was, but in my head I'm thinking, I'm not going to voice this because it's going to make me sound insecure, it's going to make me sound weak. Um, and in any other relationship, I would have done that and I would have worked out myself in my own head and I would have moved on. But I know you're not going to judge me. I know that I can say that stuff and you know me well enough now to know that that's not who I am. But just because I was feeling like that vulnerable, that vulnerable little part, that part of me, that I can voice that to you and we can then talk about that together. And ultimately then it makes everything look, make more sense. And, and But also what it does is it diffuses it because what happens, yes. you don't talk about it. It builds up, and then it ends up coming out in an explosive way because you kept left the toilet seat up open or something <laughs> up or something ridiculous, right? Which happens in so many relationships, uh, and then it blows up, and it's not even about that thing. Mm, exactly. Let's go inside. So we were talking about radical honesty, even when it hurts, being one of the things that we're trying to protect as one of like the key things to build our healthy relationship on fingers crossed, right? Fingers crossed, absolutely, um, yeah. Did you have a question for me? Yeah, so we was talking about how when you was dating, mm -hmm. it was about having control, which is completely mm. understandable, and it makes sense, because you didn't have control, if I can 
if mm. you can correct me, but you didn't have control within your marriage in that relationship. So I was wondering, oh. do you now, having been in a relationship with, with me for yeah. nearly six months, six months yeah, yeah. feel like you can have both? Feel like you can have a relationship, but also have that control element and not feel, you know, um, yeah, well, that's and all these other yeah. commitment phobias you may have. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel there's another way of navigating around it now? Is it, is it opened? I, but I think that's to... part of the boomerang thing, isn't it, right? Because mm. it's like when I let go, and it always, you know, if we've been on holiday or if we've spent a little bit longer together, then I've spent, I've, you know, had two or three days and it's almost, you're like, oh, you're, I'm almost a different person because I relax yeah. into the relationship and I'm not as maybe like armoured up or paranoid about what, what's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, that if I relax into it, that means I can't get out of it or that I'm trapped or that I don't have an exit strategy. I think because of the honesty piece, I'm able to say if I'm boomeranging or whatever, what I think it's about. So I think it's about, um, you know, that when you said, like, for example, if you talk about the hypothetical of one day moving in together or Mm. anything like that, I kind of go... And I have to be very careful (laughs) how I approach these stages in a relationship. But you are running away with some of that stuff already. I have my moments. I have my moments, yeah. You was the first person to bring the L word in, which was on one of our holidays (laughs) in Wales, which was absolutely amazing. We climbed a mountain together. We did. We had the near-death experience. Mm -hmm. We were only three months in, three and a half months in, weren't we? And you had... um, You've, you've sort of felt some of that stuff already, didn't you? I already manifested the light, because we were supposed to be going to Greece, right? So yeah. I'd already manifested this magical moment where it was going to be on the beach and you was going to be paddling in the agency. sea. Yeah, I was going to, I'd already had it in my head how I was going to approach it and that I was going to tell you that I loved that I loved you and I felt so much love for you at that point. <laughs> and then I was going to quickly escape out of the situation because I, I wasn't expecting you to, to reiterate that in any way. Which was um, beautiful to think about, the fact that you were totally willing and planning and ready to say that you loved me, knowing that I'd probably freak out a little bit and might not be able to say it back. Absolutely. That yeah. quickly. Yeah. But then what did happen was we had, <laughs> we climbed a mountain, we were staying in this beautiful Mongolian yurt in the middle of nowhere. And I had, I probably felt it like quite very specifically with words attached to the feeling as we were driving to Wales to this mountain. Like I was, I felt mm. very connected to you. But I have this thing, and it's just a rationalization to keep myself safe, right? That, you know, you know, people have sex and then they talk post that and they're all in the chemical phase of dopamine hit and whatever. It's totally the wrong time to be saying it's that. It's fucking the, the wrong time, time yeah. because it's, I don't think it's, I'm not saying it isn't genuine, but I think it's confused by your chemical state where mm. you're like, you've just had physical contact, all of the, your oxytocin, mm. all these things are firing off and it can feel deceptively like love in the big L sense of the word. Yeah. People say it then. And but then, then you say it then and then may potentially then regret it afterwards. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, you know, yeah, yeah, it felt like that right at that moment, but now we're back, you know, making tea and, you know. Like, and you don't might not want to build a life with that person. 
Yeah. And, 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 and I'm always like afraid that if I say the thing that I then have to do some damage limitation on what expectations become attached to that word. Mm. So then people's, their expectation is, ooh, that means we're at this stage of this, you know, society's idea of what relationship is. And now mm. we should meet the parents and do this and do that and whatever, right? But that's what we spoke about recently, wasn't it? How you can, you can love somebody but not, not necessarily be able to be in a relationship with that person. Mm. And how some people are scared to say that they love them because of all the attachment that comes along with that word, which isn't necessary because you, you can actually love, feel love for somebody, but know that you couldn't live together, you couldn't yeah. be, be together essentially, but you know, you, you feel that. that and it's just that, fair that, to that say time. that you're more present and in touch with your, like you let go a little bit easier into the moment and oh. you're more romantic possibly. One of my love languages. We have very different love languages. <laughs> but that's good that we know which each other's are, kind of. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of both. So I waited for you to get, I don't drink, so I waited for you to be drinking one night. <laughs> you had a couple whiskeys that night under uh, the, the moonlight and all the rest of it. In a Mongolian year. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And so what's your version of how I very <laughs> unromantically said that I so we, we got might into, we, maybe... We got into bed and we were reflecting <laughs> on our day. And was it the day that we climbed the mountain? Was no, it that I don't. Day, or was it the zip lining day? I can't remember. But we did. We'd been it was a day after. We'd yeah. done something. We'd had. We'd had. We'd had a great time, and I think you, in a quite funny way, you was like, "So, <laughs> there's, not, there's, no eye contact." I was no away. Contact, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's 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 been times during our relationship, four moments maybe, that's the, that at some point I have felt like in that t- moment, particularly that moment, a, a, a bit it. of a bit of love for you and I just wanted you to know that you know it's just on, on uh, at times that that, you know, yeah. I, I, that that is an element of our relationship where I just yeah, yeah. but it was then, all like then, contained in these random moments like I couldn't yeah. I didn't actually say I love you no I just said that there are moments where I feel love for you or there is love yeah. whatever right but I mean we could be considering your commitment <laughs> challenges and challenges mm-hmm. You know, that meant would have meant so much to me, because <laughs> my awkward attempt. Yeah, because and for you to sit with that vulnerability, which is the ultimate vulnerability mm. right, in any relationship, where somebody's going to have to say it first, mm-hmm. and that person's going to have to brave it out and be courageous enough to put that on the table, and ultimately expect nothing back. And that's a tricky bit because some people do expect stuff back. They expect to give love and, and get say, rewarded or get something yeah. back. And the key is to actually love without expecting anything in return. That's that's the ultimate key, in my opinion. So for you to do that with your stuff was big, 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 massive, in my opinion. And well, I, it was. And then yeah. bless you, you kind of mirrored me by echoing some of what I was saying about society and random people and like that sometimes they jump into what that means as far as an expectation. Mm. And so you hypothetically kind of matched how I was doing it. Because well, I could read your oh, mind. Oh, bless you. Because <laughs> then we could get into this intellectual debate about people and their expectations, which is yes. my safe place. And I was like super vulnerable, even like building up the courage <laughs> for my awkward attempt. Um, and then and then we were going to... Uh, sleep right and so we were like mm. um, you know good night whatever and then you said I love you yeah. <laughs> and I sort of if you could if you imagine there were lights on which there you, weren't you, you flinched my, <laughs> <laughs> you was like, my eyes went wide and I was like no 
And then I think I went, I love you too. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, what? And he was like, nothing. <laughs> saying I love you. Um, and then the next day, I would sort of, you know how you've had, I, w- I hadn't been drinking, but I'd hoped that <laughs> Did you, you have a vulnerability hangover? Yeah, I had a vulnerability <laughs> hangover. You had an actual hangover. And I sort of woke up and went, hey, baby, you don't remember anything that happened last night to you. And you just went, what, did I love you? Yes, I did. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, God. It was funny. It was. Very funny. So things have generally just progressed from there to a point of meeting each other's kids, which yes. is an interesting phase of, like, kind of testing can our lives match, not just do we like hanging out in isolation, mm. meeting each other's friends in different ways. And I'd never, I haven't post-divorce kind of even gotten to that stage. I've been through this sort of three month cycle of, of excitement and, and mm. fun. And then as soon as it got real, I already knew that our, maybe the lives of the people I was dating didn't match or I was certainly wasn't ready. And I had a lot of fear of um, like protecting my kids and of doing course. the right thing for them. And also just the fear of like getting locked into, you know, what people end up doing, as you were saying earlier, into the, the joint mortgage and the, the idea that you're on a marriage trajectory and that you should be at these different marker points. Yeah, and, and having to having to ultimately have a relationship because that's from what you'll learn behaviour, what you believe a particular relationship is. But what I'd like to think we can do is where we're so open and honest with each other is to create our own that's what relationship we're trying to do. Around what we either, what we perceive to be what we want a relationship to be and not what the rest of society says that we have to have. So what's been total truth, the hardest part for you of the last six months of navigating some of this? The hardest part, well the whole text uh, around do you want to act out wasn't an easy part. Mm. And I guess you know, I've always been very secure in relationships, in, in my marriage, in my relationships. I've always been quite a secure guy. But I guess complete honesty with, with your past and knowing that you're one of your escape, escapisms because you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't mm. do any of that stuff, was to date and was to just, just to go and get your kind of, you know, escape into, get out of the real world yeah. essentially to somebody else. So, yeah, it's been, it's been something that's played on my mind. And where you're not so uh, vocal around your admiration and how you adore me and love me, yeah. then you have to sit with your own security then and, 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 and not, I could easily slip into an insecure place. So let's but spell that out, just, to, just, I just want to spell that out, like the, the evenness of your love language is words of affirmation, so you talk a lot to me about how much you love me and, and all the things and you're very specific and you go into detail and I think those things but I'm more I like physical contact so I'll come up and put my arm around you and and hold your hand and things like that but I won't necessarily say the words and it's as if deep down unconsciously if I say enough times how handsome you are and amazing you are and all these things it, in my weird mind, I think I'm giving you the power because you'll be like, oh yeah, I am a pretty cool guy and uh, <laughs> fuck this relationship. Yeah, I'm just I can gonna, anyone I, I can't, which you could. What she but... doesn't realize is if I had that choice, I'd choose you. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what you do do, like we just said, introduce me to your children 
And I'd know that you'd never done that with, with anybody mm. that would have even have, have fought for a second no. to do that with anybody. No. Beautiful, beautiful children. Um, and we recently had New Year's Eve, do you know what I mean? And you've known your friends Ryan and Angelina for about 20 years or so now. And um, we was we were sat New Year's Eve, I don't know if it's New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, but they just said, look, she's, we've never met any of her men. We've never yeah. met anybody she's ever been with. So that that is where mm. you show me and that's where you know I get my my secureness in a relationship from but the, but then back to what's the hardest thing there's been times where I've been really busy with whatever life stuff or I've chosen to be busy because it's my safer place right yes. haven't necessarily said all the things and so you're relying on evidence of you know our interactions but we live we don't live around the corner from each other so we can't always have that and there's been moments on both sides, but we're focusing on you for a minute, of, you know, feeling like um, jealous or a little bit insecure or questioning. And to the point where you've been like, I'm not this guy, like this is a weird thing. And, but it's coming yeah. up and going, yeah, I don't, exactly. yeah, and talking about And I don't want to be that guy. I mean, no. it's very alien to me. But we had one argument, haven't we? We had one argument mm-hmm. in our relationship, and we knew it was coming. And <laughs> and you always you, you always had said, you know, okay, well, I, I haven't we'll had know. an argument for a while, <laughs> but we're gonna know when we have one. Because we'd had a few discussions. Been, yeah. And and you were like, was that an argument? I'm like, nope, because it was one sided. One yeah, person was be, upset. Yeah, yeah, and, and, the, and other the other person was just holding it for him. Yeah, yeah. But um, this time we both were a bit. Yeah, yeah. So that was around. Um, I felt like there was a four-day window where we could have seen each other, and that's what we was just talking about, right, about making time for each other. And I thought there was a four-day window where we could have seen each other, and I was a bit of a dick around kind of like, you know, oh, you do whatever you want to do, mm. just do whatever makes you happy. You know, if we, if we meet, we meet. If we don't, we don't. That's totally fine. And inside, and this is where the whole being it's completely open and honest and what we're trying to do, I, I didn't I didn't adhere to that right at that moment I because well, if I had done I should I would have said to you we've got four days I would like to spend some time with you on one of those days yeah then this, then this argument wouldn't have taken place so it reinforced the whole concept of it's always better to be open and honest because mm-hmm. like I say I'm saying to you don't worry about it do whatever you want and since you did she so was very busy you know, seeing some friends you went to a, to, a, to a talk and I think you might have had your kids and maybe or not I'm not mm-hmm. sure but yeah, there was stuff going on. Um, and and I was going through quite an emotional space, which is one thing I have talked about on the podcast is some of the trauma work I've been doing that's been triggered up within yes. this relationship. So I was in an emotional place and you've always been so caring and understanding about that. And so when you were saying you're having a tough time, whatever you need to do, go ahead and do it. I took that to mean, well, I'm not going to make plans because I just can't. Like I'm in such an emotional place. I just need to survive in a way. Mm-hmm. But of course, over the four days and lots of maybes and then me counseling on you and then not saying, oh, yeah, I just said maybe so you shouldn't be upset and you'd kind of cancel plans to wait around and it sort of kicked off, didn't it? Yeah, so then I'm sitting with an insecurity. Yeah. Which, which is, again... And then your a, mind goes and makes up stories. And I catastrophize a lot as part of... Like, well, I, I have a lot of counseling around, you know, as I do catastrophize like most people or most, I don't know, I say men that I know anyway will go to the worst case scenario. So, you know, she's cheating, she's having an affair, she's mm. doing this, she's doing that. Because we don't put it on the table in front of us and we don't look at it and we don't talk about it. Well, I kept it to myself and therefore you wasn't aware of it. So therefore I have to then sit in that space and it becomes very destructive. And a little walk down the road to get a bottle of whiskey made it even worse. Oh my goodness. Um, 
and then yeah and then I think I, I you pushed me away you were like we're not talking I'm not in a good place and I was yeah. like when you're in your right mind talking is always the answer because mm. it allows us even if it's difficult to air it and not build it up in our mind but mm. when if there's a drink involved or anything else for other people it's it, it throws off the ability to have your your emotional intelligence it's astounding to watch because you have such high emotional intelligence and such a huge ability to observe body language and like the tiny, tiniest shift in my breathing people <laughs> and you're like what's going on it's, I, it's I, incredible I, 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 yeah but, and, and i think it's more with you i do have that ability with other people mm. but where we're so in tune now mm. um i'm very in tune with your energy that you know, i can I, I know if you if I could, don't have to be looking at you. I it's can crazy. just be in the room and sense and go, what, what's going on? You know? I mean, it's crazy. But then when you have a drink in you and you start catastrophizing, it goes out the window. It goes right down. And, yeah. and it makes me feel in my boomerang self a little bit insecure and a bit like armor up mm-hmm. because this isn't a safe person to be around. It, you, I, I know, and I don't mean that in any way that you would physically act out okay. or do anything, but, but emotionally, when, where we're so in tune and now you're not, I'm like, I don't know what to expect now. Mm-hmm. And so it, it throws it off. And we did try and have a conversation, but you weren't in a state. I mean, I'd hurt you and I'd take full responsibility for, for my part in, in, in it, which we were able to reflect on the next day. Yes. But in that moment, that was definitely the argument that we knew we would have. Yeah. I'm like, this is it. I'm going. <laughs> I'm like, I need to hang up because this isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. Which maybe... And then like a teenager, I blocked your number because I was like, I just need to go to sleep and I can't be dealing with any more texts from her because I just need to get out of this. I just need to sit with this now, which was which was pathetic. Very childish. Very and childish. I was just like, I knew that this, I knew that it wasn't consistent with who you were. Absolutely. So I didn't, I didn't catastrophize, but I was like, you know, this isn't who you normally are. And so the other thing I guess I love about what we do and what I haven't had in relationships before and we start telling ourselves that, oh, men don't talk and women talk. And, you know, we, we sort of do those divides. But we go for long walks, don't we? We do. And we just reflect on... So even if the... Because the, the, people, we're not perfect. We, we, we have arguments. We misunderstand each other. All that shit happens, right? Um, but we both have this commitment to growth and development and to holding each other accountable. We've said that phrase, like hold me accountable for this, hold me accountable for that. And I'll go, I'm not your mother. (laughs) And you'll be like, but it's even, it's friendship. Like, how do we do that, right? And we'll go for these long walks because it's just, we're moving and it helps with our thinking and all the rest of it. And we will reflect on detail. Oh, you know when, I said that and your your back went up or your energy shifted like what mm-hmm. I, what I meant what was going on for me was this and then I'll reflect and go yeah and when you did that it, it played into my ex-husband and what you know my back was up about some of the things that he would do and all that you know mm-hmm. I really appreciate that we're able to do that oh god yeah and it gives us a much better understanding of each other's inner layers of of stuff you know and and what I also what I love as well about us is we have the ability to know what is my stuff Oh. What is your stuff oh. and what is our stuff? So huge. You know? And, and you know, sometimes we can just sit with the other person's stuff and, and, and not get our backs up and, and, and not get aggressive or defensive or get hurt or upset and make it about us because it's, it's, it's nothing to do with us. We've both got troubled pasts and sometimes yeah. we bring that into any, any yeah. relationship. And thank God I met somebody 
I think that has had a similar, and obviously everybody's experiences of everything are different, but we've had a similar experience where we've had some darkness in our, in our yeah, lives. Yeah, for sure, some trauma. Because in my marriage, the, the person I was with was very wrapped up in cotton wool and very, you know, never ever mm. seen any trouble, never been through any trauma, never, you know, so... I can't so relate to that, like, yeah. That, yeah, <laughs> so, so, you know, she was almost petrified, you know, when when... You know, when I was trying to open up and almost express about my feelings and, and, and stuff about me, she was just freaking out, you know, and, and it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't healthy. But with yeah. us, we, we, we can. And, to, and, to, and I guess we've tested it a little bit to see, can the other person hold our stuff and, mm. and trust that we've worked through it, you know? So we've both had times when we've been suicidal or gone to that extreme, right, of self-harming behaviours in different mm. ways ways and being able to verbalize that to the other person who the fear would be they're going to think I'm a nut job and like fucking not want to be with me and I'm like oh that brings me so much closer to you because it means you can see me in my soul you can see me yeah to allow to allow yourself to be seen by somebody else truly seen and sit be vulnerable enough to let that happen and then that person still stays and is still constant in your life Huge. That's very, very powerful. And, and it's given us both, I think, respect for each other because we, we can see what we've been through and the, 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 the family context and the environmental context that we've been in. And we've worked on ourselves and we're still, you know, we've built businesses and we've raised children and are trying to live our best selves with integrity and all the rest of it. Yeah. And talking about working with ourselves, this is something else that I think is very, very important for us. And I, I wrote Petra a, a, a little New Year's Eve note that I handed Fucking to you. Fucking romantic, man. At midnight. I forget, I forget most of it, most of the content of it, but part of it was looking forward in 2020 to growing individually mm-hmm. and as a couple, because mm-hmm. it's very, very important, and we've said before as well, that you have a lot of your own aspirations and, mm. and, 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 and focus and drive within your own business and your own workplace. I too have my own business and... We had our own kids. So there's a, there's a lot of individual growth that must maintain its, its steadiness within our lives. And our, our relationship can't affect that. But at the same time, we then can grow as a couple within yeah. that as well. We've, and we've you know, said that, to hold... Does that hold, make sense? Yeah, or, yeah. because the, the other day we were talking about, was it was yesterday, um, holding each other accountable. The more kind of connected our lives are, to actually hold each other accountable for retaining our separate lives yes. and our separate friendships and our and my biggest fear is that I will start to play small in a relationship so that I don't intimidate a man mm-hmm. and that's what I very much had to do is like be a little bit subservient and I'm not even blaming the other person like I've done that and that's based on being raised in a cult and like make sure everyone else is okay make sure everyone else is okay and you've done that to an extent yes and I'm like no, I want to know. I want to make sure I'm okay because I hold responsibility for that, and I don't fucking want to play small. I want to build my potential and not feel like someone else is going to be threatened by that. Absolutely, because we've done so much work with, on ourselves mm. after our marriages broke up to find to to be happy within ourselves, by ourselves, just with ourselves, and then you don't want to you don't want to lose any of that because it, 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 you know everything's. I don't want to say everything's got a sell-by date and everything's got a time limit, but if, if we did... Are we fucked? What are you saying? <laughs> no, <don't>, <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not fucked. <laughs> um, I've manifested the shit out of this. We're, we're together till we're, we're old and grey. 
but but um, but you know, if anything was to happen, mm. then the whole security and 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 your self worth that you built up before we got together, if that's still there and still resonating within yourself, the 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 shock and and the catastrophe of of coming out of a relationship is not so apparent. That and that's my fear underlying everything. Is it took me probably a good five years to consciously separate from my husband and then get divorced and then manage that the kids would be healthy and be able to, you know, I'd never fully lived on my own and supported myself and the fear around that and can I do this and then going into business, like the whole thing was so terrifying and so hard and I had to work so much internally to be brave enough to do that. Bravest person I know, by the way. No. <laughs> Um, well, brave in, in, in the face of fear, right? Like, it's not the absence of fear. It's just, it's just like, fucking, I'm going to do this anyway. Mm -hmm. But the fear still is that if I really, truly let go in a relationship, that they, well, I keep saying they have some sort of power over me, but that the knock-on effect will, if it didn't work out, that I would be back to this square one position of needing to build myself up. But logically and rationally for both of us, we'll never be fully back to that chaotic, depressed, suicidal place because we've done enough internal work. We have support systems. We know to go to therapy if we need to or whatever. But the, exactly. it, but, but like the fear is in your body. Always, yeah. It's, it's always, not the logical mm. thing. Mm. What a ride. It's been quite a ride. So talking about quite a ride, I'm going to bring it back to you. Of course you are. And ask you what's the hardest thing you've found within our relationship. Complete um, honesty. All of it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> no. No, not at all. Um, you know what the hardest thing's been. It's, it's been the fact that I've been in a safe situation, probably for the first time. And the knock-on effect of that is that it's brought up all of the trauma mm -hmm. in my body and, like, that I've ever felt. And so that whole, like, the body never forgets, right? Um, it's, and, and, and you've seen the struggle of, like, I want to pull in and be in this safe position. And my body has been having such a physical reaction to it, to the point of dissociating. And, um, and it's, it's affected our sex life because I've been, I can get triggered, like, my post-traumatic stress can be triggered. And, it, and it's been pretty dormant for a while and in a really striking physical way that needs to release. And there was a lot of fear about letting you see that side of things, like you thinking, well, fuck this shit, you know, like if, if we can't just, you know, have sex and be normal and whatever, then, you know, it's not worth it sort of thing. But I've had to learn to let you see some of that, to sit with the pain of it. Um, and appreciate that massively, because, you know, it only just goes to show brave and how much you're willing to fight for us to to, to make this stuff work but you've seen so, how yeah. and we've and there's definitely been progress and oh, course, i've had yes. that and certain therapy take and ownership of that because like everything you're like okay <laughs> and, there's a, and then there's something like, i need to work at this i need to pick read that book and see that yeah. guy and have this and i think at one point you had like four therapists <laughs> yeah. in one week or something and i'm like okay no that's, you're what, like, take that's a breath. what you've got to do you've but got, i'm like if it works got to do. that's that's the way um, I, I tackle things i want to face up yeah. I want to find the information, who's learned from this before, and ultimately understand myself. But there's been moments of such great frustration where I felt like it was never going to stop. 
Yes, yes. I didn't know this was where this, when I asked you that question, this is where we're going to sure. go with it, so I do apologise if, it, no, if no, it's... No, uh, I've gone there a little bit already um, on the podcast. But, what did you think uh, I was going to say? What do you oh, think I, I found I the hardest? I don't, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, but no, yeah, I totally get yeah. Because there must have been moments of, like, fear for you of going, fuck, what's going on? Especially at the beginning when it got really strong and you were like... You know, it's like dissociation, like on the physical side for me, guys, has been have a really intimate, close moment. And then my body goes into freeze mode and I can't talk, can I? So yes. so I have no voice yeah. and my eyes sometimes roll back in my head yeah. a little bit because I'm trying to go to a happy place mm -hmm. because I'm triggered into a really painful place. And what we've learned to do and what I've had to do is not dissociate, but stay with the feeling of it, which has sometimes come out in like loads of tears or like um, just big, like lots of breathing and just really mm. stressful. But that's only what you've learned to do because at first we didn't know, did we, what no. to do? And I would try and, you know, we'd, we'd use some, some senses, wouldn't we, some, some incense or something and we'd, we'd, you know, we'd turn the light on and we'd move and we'd walk. But how scary was it for you? For, for me, it, 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 it wasn't scary. I, would, I just went into protective mode. You know? That's true. I just wanted, I just, I was trying to think, what can I do to make, make, okay. make, make this better? And, I, and I, I kept trying to sort of reinforce that I don't have a problem with this. This is not, you know, don't worry about me. Let's just, you know, we can figure this out together. Um, and, and, and we are. And it's fucking really amazing. Right? It is, we, yeah. We, yeah. We have that ability to, to do that. Yeah, it's allowing me to heal and talk about some of this stuff for the first time and also separate out you as an emotionally intelligent particular man in my life from every man and the, 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 the stereotype of men need sex and there's this primal mm. urge. And if I don't, as a woman, provide that in, in a particular way, that I'm not enough of a woman or I will lose my and really unconscious so, stuff. I don't believe it. So fucked up. Though, but it's right? un, it's just an unconscious, but, but it's also but been it, my experience that's well, been yeah. reinforced. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it, it pisses me off to hear that, you know. But you're right, you know, I can imagine that. I know a lot of men are like that and women are so pressured, you know, you get to like date two and if nothing's gone on, then, you know, or maybe you'll go somewhere else. I've heard, I've heard people that I've been with in the past say similar things. Girls have said, you know, I said, well, how comes... You know, he, he was with that guy, but he wasn't really into him. Well, because you it's know, after the second date, I was wondering whether I didn't. I didn't know. This is what I've heard before. I didn't know whether I liked him or not, <laughs> but I wanted to spend more time with him to figure out whether I liked him. So I slept with him because otherwise he would have gone, and I would never have the opportunity to find out whether I liked him or not. I mean, that's just like, you know, it's so sad, isn't it? I think. Well, there's really. also this this idea that women's empowerment means sexual liberation when actually mm. women's empowerment means having choice. Yeah. And I think we as women get that confused as well. Mm. Um, that's not to say that there aren't times where a woman can just enjoy sex and enjoy the empowerment oh, of God. dating. Yeah, but that's her choice. Yes. This is what I'm saying. That's, where, that's, that's, that's the difference, right? Yeah. So let's look to the future. Really? You want to look to the future? Wow, I've got this on tape now. This is recorded. <laughs> you know, for the sake of the audience. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, hypothetically, that's our safe place. <laughs> what are your hopes for this relationship? And I'm not saying, you know, you know, where we need to live or those practical things, but mm -hmm. as, as far as how do you hope this relationship or a healthy relationship could develop and grow? Like, what are the important factors in your mind? <sighs> Well, we're in the early stages of six mm. months in, but 
you know, my, my hope is that this is sustainable. I've, I, this is very new to me. I've, I've never met anyone, you know, I've said to you before, you know, part of the reason why I think this is so incredible is that I, I don't just love you. You know, I, I admire you, I respect you, I look up to you, you know, and I, if, if I want that to, to, to sustain throughout the next 65, 70, you <laughs> wish you could see her face right now. Um, this is why we didn't do video on this one, because <laughs> I'd be like, oh God. <laughs> But, it, but, it, but in order for that to stay the same, and that's going to take some navigating, and that's going to take a lot of what we've spoke about, about keeping our own individuality, keeping our own lives, keeping our, our own power within ourselves and our own self-worth, which is why I respect you so much and why I admire you so much. And I don't want to take any of that away from you by, by watering that down, by trapping you into any kind of relationship. So I think we have to really be, be work at this, you know. And like every relationship, a lot of people believe that oh, we love each other, so it's going to work out. You know, because we love each other, so love's the most powerful thing in the world, and if we love each other... With then, no effort. Then we don't need to put the effort yeah. in. Luck's going to get us through. Yeah, if it's right, it's um, going to work. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we are now, you know, or have been for a while, very aware that that's just bullshit. And yeah. relationships take a lot of work. And conscious and, awareness. And conscious awareness. And I think we both have to hold each other accountable four things moving forward mm. in order to maintain where we are right now, which is a very incredible, special place. Beautiful place, yes. Mm. I guess I love that we re that we have that frame on the relationship, so it isn't mm. catastrophic if we've had an argument. We kind of reflect on what was the lead up to it. Oh, someone wasn't saying what they needed, or we got really mm. busy, we didn't connect, we didn't reflect, those sorts of things. And I guess both of us have this frame on life so life isn't like, life is on our side, the universe has our back, those sorts of things. And that if we get challenges in our relationship or outside of it, that that's our opportunity. For growth, oh, exactly. For learning. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so when we get uh, difficulties or with my trauma stuff or, you know, the, the insecurities that have come up on both sides or whatever, we're like, all right, how can we, what do we need to learn? And I mean, it's hilarious because after we get past a certain, you know, we'll have a tough stage, a reflective stage, and then we'll literally both be going, no, no, I take responsibility for that bit. And then you'll go, no, 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 but I take responsibility for this portion. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I've got to take responsibility for that bit. Yeah. Which sounds a bit crazy, but it's so fucking refreshing. Yeah, because I have many relationships have been in the past where, no, where a person has, has the complete inability to say sorry or take any responsibility. Or, or if they ownership. do, it's just a word, not like, a, like all right, I'm going to work on myself. Because after we yeah. had that one argument, you were like, I'm going to go to therapy again and just check in about the, mm. my, my way of my catastrophic thinking. Mm. And you didn't put that on me. Like, I didn't make you go into catastrophic thinking, even no. though I had a part in the lead up to oh, that argument. That's my, that was my stuff. That yeah. was my stuff. I was like, mm. respect, 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 respect. There's what do you- respect in this relationship. There's a lot of fucking respect <laughs> here. Anything that you think men need to know? I mean, like, as a, as a man, because, you know, you've got brothers and there's this whole, like, masculine idea of how to behave in relationship. And, you know, we, we women think, oh, well, men don't talk, so that, that we just have to accept that. 
yeah, well, there you go. I mean, there's something that men do need to know is, is that you can talk and to, and something that I, I've been going through recently and you've been helping me with is to be vulnerable and to open up and to express our feelings. And we men kind of hold on to this masculinity of, you know, we're strong, we're fighters, we've got our shit together. Yeah, yeah. We, we're not, we can't say that I feel insecure or I feel yeah. I, I don't like this We have to be strong for women as well. Exactly, right? Mm. So, so we don't open up and we don't talk. And, and by not opening up and talking, because there's that fear that if we do, and, that, you know, we do shed a tear or we do get, get emotional, that, that the woman that we're with is going to go, oh, my God, you know, yeah, like this. this blubbering child that I'm now with, <laughs> you know, where's this strong man gone? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, women will ask us to be more vulnerable. When we are, they'll, they'll kind of like, not true. like it, right? That's true. And then you, even if we don't say it, that's like a very subtle message to armour back up and be like, never yeah. show that side again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, but it's you know inside a relationship that you haven't had all this. If you're in a relationship now and you haven't had all this stuff going on, and we haven't had to build up like we haven't been lucky enough to, to work on this from day one, how you how you bring that into a, a, an existing relationship, you'd have to tread a bit carefully, I think. But um, definitely for men, they need to talk more. We need to, need to open up more and be more vulnerable for sure. Yeah, and my and know mm, their stuff. Oh, know what self awareness number one. Because there's so many times where, you know, there's so there's so many elements of why a woman might not be happy or might might not feel sexual that week or might not feel happy that week or might might feel a bit down yes. that week, right? Mm. And and I think as men, what we do is we go, shit, I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, she doesn't fancy me, or she, you know, because yeah. her sex drives like she doesn't fancy me, or or she's not happy. What's you wrong? know, oh, I need to, we need to buy a better car, or I don't, I don't know, yeah, we need yeah. to go on a holiday, and and, and yeah. we put it all on us. It's, sometimes it's just not our stuff. It's not because they're not attracted to us or it's not because they're, they're, they're not happy because of us. Something else is going on. You know, so t- tune in and tap into it and, and, and don't be afraid to ask your partner, how are you feeling right now? What is going on? And, and not truly make it listen. Us all the time. Yeah, truly listen, truly listen. So I think if we were to give any advice, not that we're experts, we're learning as we go, but, um, Always, no. but, we, but we've learned mm. from some of the past stuff. And, um, step one, I would say, is self-awareness. So work on yourself. Mm. Um, go to the therapy or the anger management or the coaching or talk to people and, yes. work, and get to know yourself, first of all. Because then you know what your stuff is. Because right. I, I didn't know what my stuff, you know, and then it's, so very, it's, hard to, it's very hard to separate out what's your stuff and what's my stuff and what's our stuff within a relationship if you don't first you know what your stuff is. Because when you know what your stuff is, you know what's not your stuff. Therefore, it's either our stuff or her stuff, right? And then either if you're in a new relationship, like we both came into our first date with this almost like open negotiation of like, this is important to me, this is important, like these are my non-negotiables, these are the ones I'm willing to learn about and then this is the bit that we let's just explore together in the middle. So Mm -hmm. So if you're at the beginning of a relationship, I think it's good to like take off the mask a bit and just be straight. Yeah. Yeah, and be brave, and that's tricky because obviously there's there's women out there that may just want to, you know, maybe not be looking for a relationship, but saying they are, so they're not going to really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and doing exactly the same thing. So, but in a way, that's good because then you like, rather than six months, a year, two years in, you know what you're working with. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then if you, like you said, if you're in a relationship already, how do you go about transitioning it? Like if you're like, mm, I'm feeling a bit unfulfilled, you could either just keep feeling unfulfilled and numb it through your own kind of um, vices and avoidance and all the rest of it, and then fucking break up or it explodes or whatever. Mm. Or you can, rather than going into the detail of it first, my advice would always be, try to have a, like go for a walk like we do and have a conversation just about the relationship in general and say stuff like, I just want to create a safe place where we can just test out and, and you know, be honest with each other about what's working, what isn't working and are there things that we want to figure out and work on together? Like create the collaborative environment without going, you're a dick, you never do this and that's why we need to go on more date nights or holidays. Yeah, and, and, and choose the right environment to have that conversation, like you say, go out for a walk, get outside, get a bit of an endorphin here. Get away from your out, kids, like you know, get moving. Yeah, because it's no good having that conversation while you're both like doing the pots or something and the kids running around, you know, because then it's just, it's just, you're not heard. You, but you, you, know you, know what? you can't listen and really tap into each other. You, and be like solution focused. Mm. But what people do is they have the argument, right? It blows up and then probably haven't resolved it, but it's died down, right? And then they're like, fuck, what a relief. Let's not talk about that again. Exactly. Until exactly. it comes up again in an argument. And then the repeat pattern and the repeat pattern. Repeat. Repeat pattern. Yeah. So I'm always like, like we do when we reflect afterwards, is like, have the conversation in peacetime. And we'll literally say, if this happens again, how do you want us to, like, how do you want to be? Can I hold you accountable? Or you'll say, if this starts creeping up, can you say this to me? Or you say, I'm going to try and say this stuff to you four days earlier so it doesn't build up or, yeah. you know? Yeah. So we kind of come to these agreements. And of course, we can't predict what the next Thing's gonna thing be. is going to be. And there will always be another thing. Sure. But we're, but we're committing to our behavior when an argument, whatever it might be, does come up. Mm-hmm. That's what we're aiming to do, is um, set the scene a little bit. And also sometimes it isn't right. Sometimes it isn't. This feels mm-hmm. damn right, but... Sometimes it isn't, and and that's okay too. Like I think we're very afraid. People are very afraid of being alone. Yes, uh, especially men. I I think have you know they're very needy. I mean, men yeah. are a lot more needy than women. You know, I don't know why. I don't know the signs. Glad the man in this room said that. Um, but but yeah, for for sure. Um, and again, like I, I mentioned at the start of this conversation, when I've done geographicals around relationships, it's been because of a need. It's not been because of a want. Would say um, what that means for you, a geographical, geographical so, in a relationship. So it's not working out here in this relationship. I'm going to go you know, and straight, and straight in very one. quickly, in a transition very quickly into another relationship. And then when that's not working out, I'm going to have a hold of one branch before I let go of the other. I'm going to go straight into another, straight into another. And you can always make it their fault if it doesn't work out. Exactly, exactly. Rather yeah. than you as the, the thread between yeah. it. Yeah. David, my love. We've been talking for fucking ages. Yeah, um, we've been boring these people to death, I'm sure. Yeah, I think this is, pretty, this is pretty fucking good content. And I think, you know, uh, if, when, as of in the next six months... She's about to say wait, something. I oh, can I just hold it? Okay, she was about to say something nice then. And if you just hit that 15-second rewind button, you'll hear it in her voice. Uh, yeah, if, when, but... Um, it, um, <laughs> this, so is, this is what happens. Okay, without looking at you, what I want to say is, when we hit our one-year mark, so... Wow. Yeah, right. See, shut up. And then you make when, it a big deal. When. when we hit our one-year mark, we're going to do another podcast. Okay. So I think we should have a six-month review... Sure. Um, of what we've learned and what's going well and what isn't so that we can hold ourselves accountable publicly. 
and figure shit out. So because I'm the one who's more scared of this, I think we should end the podcast by each saying three things that we love about the other person. And I, I, you always find this easy, so I'm gonna, because <laughs> it's all about being brave, I'm gonna start. So David, as I stare into his blue eyes, I love your ability to be patient with all aspects of me and accept my whole self, flaws and all. I love your, he's looking very intently at me, people. <laughs> he's not letting me get away with this. I'm looking at you. No, don't worry. Um, <laughs> I love that you nurture and care for me and that you don't take it personally when I do the boomerang thing and push back a little bit. And I love your ability to be self-aware and take responsibility for yourself. Like I respect all aspects of that so much. Um, and I love your body. <laughs> I thought we should go there a little bit. I use humor people when I get a little bit uncomfortable, um, yes, but I, I, I love you so much. Mm. Well, I love you too, baby. <laughs> and I feel right on the spot now. Yeah, I'm good. normally really good with all this stuff. <laughs> oh, you're so I good with it. Just spills out, <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, you're like, fuck, there's an audience. But I love, I love how brave you are. I love how incredibly brave you are, and how you've been through so much and have so many excuses to just opt out and and just act out, and and you haven't. You've you've not just weathered it. You've excelled within that place and you've created something quite amazing in your life which is astounding it actually astonishes me so i love how brave you are i love your boomerang <laughs> because it shows me that you fight for us and i know that sometimes it's hard for you to to voice your feelings but you show them to me in other ways so i love that about you as well i also love your body <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I love your drive. I love your ability to always try and excel to be a better person than you currently are. And that's, that's, that's pretty incredible. High five to six months. High five to six months, baby. I love you. I love you. Thanks for listening to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes. Every comment makes a difference. We really appreciate hearing from you. And please do get in touch through PetraBelzebor.com if you're interested in any training, coaching, therapy, or just to join the community and get more information on ways that you can build your own resilience. Until next time.